0: This is Up Your RPG, helping you up your role-playing game. This episode is part two of our Player Autonomy mini-series. In this episode, we'll ask the question, when, if ever, is it okay to diminish player autonomy? It's a common occurrence in tabletop RPGs, and many groups don't even realize that it's happened. Let's get to it. Hey folks, welcome to Up Your RPG. As always, I am joined by Michael and Emily, and this week we are once again joined by Rick. Everyone is part of the Under the Library crew. Um, We are, as I said, going to be talking about player autonomy again. Uh, This particular topic is one that we have talked about as a group a number of times. Things have happened a number of times, uh, so we have a lot to get to tonight. Michael, get us going.
1: Yeah, so we have Rick with us, who's our favorite player to kind of hogtie up and uh, throw off the back porch. But uh, we'll start with Emily on this conversation. And Emily, uh, you were involved certainly in season one with a moment that where, yeah, you hogtied up uh, Rick's character. And And to
2: be fair, I... Instructed others
1: to hog tie Rick's character. <laughs> you didn't directly do the hog tying. <laughs> I didn't hold the rope. Uh, yeah. No, and and with that, right. But I think what gets your character to the point that uh, you feel in game, right, that this is working. This is something that needs to take place. And how does that play out in your mind in a way that still kind of maintains balance at the table?
2: Yeah, I was very quickly looking through old notes to see if I could get the specific details of how this scene went down. I didn't find them quickly enough, but it is my memory that at the moment that I was pushed, that Florence was pushed to the point of, (laughs) (laughs) let's just be clear there.
0: Distinction there.
2: Of uh, convincing her compatriots to tie Phil up and put him lock him in the closet. It was because she had already seen him consume human flesh and then he drank her blood. Yeah. And I even clarified, Emily, the player, clarified, did was that like, was that a joke, or did you really do that? And it was confirmed that it really happened. So at that point, he had to go in the closet.
1: Right. And so that would be almost, if you didn't react in that way, uh, disingenuous to your character in the moment. Is that what you're saying?
2: That is what I'm saying. To pretty much any character, I think.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And so, Rick, if we if we go to you on that thought, right, as you play this flesh eating, blood drinking and, I, you know, let's be fair here for the audience that may not know you have had a some character backgrounds that may have caused a little controversy or played two sides at the table. Uh, how do how does that as a reaction feel to you and how both as a player and a character do you respond to that moment and still stay viable in the story, uh, but feel like you're also probably getting somewhere that you may have put yourself in that position? I am so hurt. Still, it it just I can't
3: sleep. <laughs> no. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, everything tastes like chicken. Uh, so, um, weird. Yeah. Weird. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> as you can see how I get myself in these situations. Um, uh, yeah, I think in that situation, right, it makes sense. And part of it was playing a character who's lost a lot of sanity, uh, who was getting close to being quite low, uh, and had a backstory that sort of was about and involved a fair amount of cannibalism he was loosely based on or at least tied to or an homage to the Donner party and so um I suppose as his sanity left that was sort of a the 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 underlying uh <laughs> motives for the character or his inhibitions right uh uh or were becoming fewer and fewer and and, and sort of those um memories of the, the haunted past to start crossing into reality. Um, and so then having my character tied up or or you know bound. Um, it it is conflicting in that as a player you want to be able to participate and right. Um, but but I think if something like that occurs because of of a character driven action on both ends, um, I, I'm completely okay with that. Um, I feel and, and almost you have to be, as long as you trust the group, that at some point, like you're not going to just be tied up for four episodes, right? Or for four hours or whatever it is you're playing. That, like, yeah, like there's going to be some I, resolution to this, right? I'll
2: just add that the resolution, I seem to remember having a conversation with both you, Rick and Michael, about how to get you out of the closet, because Florence was the impetus for you being in the closet. I'm sorry. I'm just going to keep saying it because it's. Fun. Yeah, are you? Yeah. It
3: was more of a chair I was bound to. Is what I'm um, thinking.
2: But you less, were in my closet storage closet. closet. Yeah.
0: yeah, you were yeah, in the right. closet. Um, you needed to come out. It's fine. It was, it's fine. But it was um, it was the pantry. It's it's, it's nice out here, Rick.
2: <laughs> no, it was the storage closet.
1: Oh, it wasn't food. It was, oh, food. It yeah. was like oh, okay.
2: boxes of roses stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Um, go ahead.
2: That's okay. I was just going to say that. As players, we made a decision as to how that was gonna go to a certain extent. Like we don't always try to micromanage the game, but there had to be a moment where Florence softened to fill or he wouldn't have been able to come out of the closet. So we we made that happen. And that was part of the resolution.
1: And and I think that that's an important part what you said there, Rick, right? Is that even though it happened and right, you're able to acknowledge as a as a character I've made these actions, so there's going to be consequences. But you also trust that as a group, we're going to try and help you figure out how to get out of that situation to in a timely manner so that it, it doesn't kind of invalidate your whole session of play. And I, I think that that's an important distinction, right? And also where you're able to be in a storyline where part of it's just enjoying the story. Um, And and sometimes as players, that's our role, right, is to kind of sit in the story, have a good time with the story and then, uh, you know, trust that. From my perspective, as as the keeper in that moment, what I'm thinking is, okay, right, he's going to be out of this play for a little bit, but then uh, certainly there's going to be a spotlight for him. A little bit down the line right and then that that spotlight's going to give him a little bit more autonomy and maybe the opportunity to do something a little bit more extraordinary that determines the the shift in the storyline so i'm also as this is occurring and you know his his acceptance of the current situation I'm trying to think how as a as a keeper as a GM how I can validate that as well and make that a worthwhile and meaningful event for him in his storyline yeah and I think that
3: was the player right there's also a responsibility to the group not to uh, I, I don't know uh, be too high, high, have too much hyperbole you know centered around your character and their actions and to ride that you know to a point where it's not it doesn't make sense or it's out of character. Um, And we get a little bit close to that with Bellow and the punching scene in the airbase. That that was just sort of like a series of unfortunate events that just sort of occurred out of like a panicked response uh, and answers, right? As opposed to maybe something genuinely that the character would do. And we just sort of went with it. Um, And it's part of that I would say I regret a little bit for sure. Yeah, I mean, um, (laughs) not even just a little, right? But the dynamics of that. And if my character died in that scene, which he rightfully probably should have. Um, you know, aside from some very lucky roles and benevolence uh, as a rarity on the side of the keeper, um, you know, I I would have been okay with that, right? Because, uh, that's not, that's how that situation should probably unfold. Um,
1: you know, although, although in in that moment, I would argue, right, that felt, and and that was a challenge, right? I think in most situations where that happens, the, the instinct is, okay, this, this character, they've, they deserve their 99 here. Right. They, it's time to exit. But I felt like that was such an authentic move by your character, right. To think about that moment, the anxiety he was having mm-hmm. and as, as a physical response, right. Not as a thoughtful response that I, my inclination was like, uh, I want to reward that kind of role playing. Right. So I left it up to the dice. I think ultimately, I said, you know what, you know, you should at least have a fair shot in coming out of this. And then we had to figure out what that looks like, and it had to it had to feel authentic. I think from a storytelling perspective, uh, but it had to feel uh, like it made sense as well. And and so leaving it up to the dice, I think, still leaves that mechanic of chance up to where the story's going. But then it also honors the fact that hey. You just like punch somebody in the middle of a crowded space not to break the game, not to create chaos. Your intent was to play your your character, which is a massive distinction, right? In terms of you're not trying to draw the spotlight and take away the game from other people. You're just doing what your character would do. And to me, the the consequence of that action is much different. Yeah, and I think
0: that uh, sorry, Rick, I just I, just, I don't want yeah. this to go away because I think that's a that's a great point, and I want to highlight that 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 is sort of the the opposite of of what we're talking about here, um, and it it highlights it perfectly that um, you gave a character an opportunity to drive their own narrative, even when the dice failed them, and uh, they were the part of that story, whereas um, in a different situation, he had been taken out of that story and was then out of the narrative for a good chunk. So as the GM, you have to, you have to be mindful of the situation and of that player's autonomy over their character. You let him make that poor choice because it was in character and you let that play out but you sort of uh, you know helped it a little bit and it as it turns out you didn't really have to because the dice helped you um but i think you were in a mindset that well he's really playing his character so he shouldn't be punished for that as long as he's like you said not breaking the game and at the same time um you and Emily were both mindful of the fact that his player in the other or his character in the other situation had been taken out of the narrative and was then not given autonomy over his character. So you did things to bring that back around without breaking the narrative and without being inauthentic to let him come back into the story. And I think that's where we have to kind of walk that fine line. We want the story to be authentic, and we want everyone to have their own part to play in it. And, you know, what we're talking about in this episode is is when those when those when that autonomy is taken away from that character, how can we give it back in a way that's authentic to the narrative? Uh, and I think that both of those two situations perfectly highlight it.
3: No. Yeah. And I would say that situations, right. If we're going to contrast that where, um, you know, I, I, it just things that the, the autonomy got pulled from a different perspective. So if my character, I think in one of our one-offs was um, on the equivalent of right, like Adderall and running quite high. And I think the response from one of the other players was to give him a sedative, um, except it was too high of a dose or something happened. But so my character was knocked out, right. And drugged. And that's another sort of very, you know, I think that is a group discussion or at least sort of something to establish beforehand because that can be a quite triggering right for a group and Mm -hmm. is a pretty, I mean, that's an intense thing, right? And so if you're playing, I think just making sure everyone's okay that like that is being done, you know, with, you know, I think mutual, like understanding and respect. Um, uh, But at the same time, you know, it made sense. I think where it sort of got past the autonomy was that it went quite a while. It It went like, almost past a full episode and a half where it was like two episodes later, my character's finally waking up. And at that point it was Mm -hmm. sort of like, okay, that, that was a, that was a long sedative. Uh, Well, in game, it's short time. Right. But just the nature of how we're doing it or how role playing games go, um, it it does impact things. Right. So uh, that's, that was like one time that I remember just saying like, this is, this is a, this is a long sleep um, and, Mm -hmm. and some, you know, missed opportunities to be involved. Um, And I would say the last example is some of our own, I think probably the biggest decision we had as a group. And that was at the end of season two. Um, And for uh, listeners, yeah, I know. I I was, yeah. So for listeners who listen to both, this is a little of the, um, what was left on the cutting room floor, Uh, maybe the outtake, which Mm -hmm. is a really, really fun way of putting this. Super unusual Um, for us, but yeah so uh, my character sam had in character was arriving to this house and um was just sort
1: this, of told spoiler alert for the end of it's season definitely two. spoiler oh, good, no, alert for the end of
0: season two if you have not heard the end of season two <laughs> yeah. of under the library um listen to the end of this episode after that a-
3: after yes great thank yep. you yeah yes mm. that, that's, <laughs> that was michael
0: i was i was gonna let you keep going <laughs> yeah yeah that was all sorry. michael
3: Go ahead, Rick. Give me all that autonomy. So, uh, <laughs> so, 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 um, so he arrives at this house, and a character is bloodied and leaving the house, warning him that there is something that infected him in blood or in fluids. Um, and he needed to leave to protect the rest of the group. And my character is sort of, a, a, you know, from the military and has sort of this sense of, of protection in, in sort of following not the rules, right, necessarily, like, but like the, the, he's very disciplined in that way, right? And so he's sort of now he's picking up there is something wrong something is somebody sick. There's something that, that is being transmitted. Um, he's very protective of his town and his family. And uh, finds out that another character, Franny, uh, was exposed. Uh, Was it in her eyes? Some of the blood or something exposed Mm, her. Um, And in the game, I think, in hindsight, she probably would have been fine. I mean, I don't know. I'll leave that up to the keeper. It's a mystery Mm -hmm. maybe we'll never have an answer to. But my character is walking into this situation where one guy leaves and his head explodes. Right? And there was another guy that he found in another town, right, preceding this, who he found you know, exploded on the floor, right? In pieces. And so putting things together as a character, you're starting to say like, there's something that needs to be contained here. Right. Um, And I think that's also separating out character versus player knowledge. And would your character actually be in that mindset and trying to be true to that? Right. Um, And so my character trying to protect the town suggested that me and Franny go to the doctor. And I think it was a hard moment for everybody when I said, we were leaving and Michael, you said, okay, so you guys make it to the doctor. And I said, no, no, we don't, Um, you know, and and made a turn down basically a dirt road. And the way that scene originally went is um, not enthused but my character took Art's character um, out to the desert um, and, you know, shot her. And it was this sort of reflective moment. Um, and we, that was a hard thing for the whole group because that's, that is the ultimate robbing of autonomy, um, from another character. And, um, that was tough, uh, I think on everybody. And so we had like a long discussion and we reflected on it as a group and actually some really healthy, I think, um, out of game, uh, reflections on this that I think is a separate episode we should probably talk about. Cause I thought it was really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we came back. We said, you know what, is there a way we can do this behind a veil, right? Or that gives Art some autonomy in how his character, you know, leaves, right? This this story. Um, and I think we did that well. I think it's it's been tough for me afterwards because I, I really like, I think it was true to what my character probably would have done. Um, and it's hard for me to then say, like, was my, you know, did that taint the genuine, you know, nature of that story or that storytelling, and there's been sort of that reflection since, um, and how that sort of went, um, and it's that's a fine line to balance with a group, yeah.
1: right? And I, I think one thing that I, I mm-hmm. learned that we normally do, in, in under the library is before big moments we normally, we normally take a, we cut, right? Like, and it's not to discuss it or anything like that, but just like to hold the suspense a little bit, to keep the intensity, right? It's kind of the the classic narrative device. But in that instance, right, we were all so shocked and caught off guard um, that I think the things that we normally would have kicked into place about player autonomy and thought, Uh, from especially from like a gm perspective on holding the space for art's character to have her final moment the way she needed to and your character to have that final moment the way that was authentic right i dropped the ball there and and i still feel like right this was a moment where as a gm or a keeper or whatever right you're supposed to be holding that space and uh, but it, it, it was a testament to, I think, how engaged I was with the narrative and getting lost in that moment. Right. One of the things that I failed to do was hold that space. And so when we think about like a GM responsibility, um, I think we often think of that responsibility to the narrative or to the story or to move people along in the story. But I think like our real responsibility is to hold the the ability for players to explore their characters safely But also for other characters to have what they need um, to take on that role and be able to participate fully in a way that like meshes and melds. And so like that's one of those moments that though I failed, uh, we, as you've said, we had some great discussions coming off of that. And I learned a tremendous amount about how to kind of better manage this process, uh, which was really important for me.
0: Yeah and I think you know you say that you failed but I I I would disagree with that I mean in the moment I I think we all kind of uh went off of what our normal road would be um metaphorically of course uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and but I think that the way that we handled it was far better in the end that that happened for the group. I I think it gave us a ton of perspective. I think it brought us closer together as a group, as, as a group of players and as a group of storytellers. And, uh, I I think we wound up with a better narrative with, uh, a, a more authentic story for both characters. Um, and the other thing that we have to consider that a lot of groups don't, every group should in quotes should they really should but most most groups don't should have an agreement among players with the gm in terms of what is safe for them everyone should feel safe everyone should feel honored everyone should feel heard we we do that um i I think we could do it better Uh, but we do it better than most. But the thing that that we have to to remember that most groups don't is that we have an audience and uh, we have to be uh, always looking out for uh, to make our our audience feel safe. Uh, And that was just a little beyond what we would normally be comfortable with. Uh, So we felt that we needed to pull that back. Uh, And it was a little tough in terms of honoring the narrative and being truly improv, because other than that one moment, we are pretty true to being fully improv. Um, But I, I strongly feel that that's okay, because really what's important is our group and making sure that everyone is safe and heard and is having a good time and is enjoying the story that we're telling. Uh, So I think as long as we're doing those things, and for us, as long as we're uh, to some extent protecting our our listeners, then I think we're doing the right thing.
1: And on that note, that's going to put a wrap on this week's session of Up Your RPG. Thanks for joining us. You can always join us at upyourrpg.com. Hopefully we've contributed to your game. Now go find a table.